Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Are You Listening podcast, where two friends sit down to talk about a record that one of us gave to the other one to listen to for the week. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend, Brand. Brand, how are you today? I'm wonderful. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, listeners. Yes, this week we're here to talk about the band Stiff Little Fingers and their record, Inflammable Material, which I gave you to listen to this week. Which I can't stop thinking about. There's a song. I wish I would have looked it up before this. Uh, there's a song by some band off one of the... It has to be a punk I imagine. And for some reason, Stiff Little Fingers makes me think of Steel Toed Sneakers. So I just think of that track <laughs> over and over again. What do we got? Steel Toed Sneakers, what do we do? Beat the shit out of you. What do wow. we got? Steel Toed Sneakers, what do we do? Beat the fuck out of you. That's all I thought about. Every time I heard their, every time I saw their band name or thought about the band name, I thought of that track. Okay, well, I mean, that's slightly fitting. It is. It is slightly fair. Yeah. I wish I wish I remembered who did it though, or or cared enough to look it up before that. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, it's the Humpers. The Humpers. The Humpers Never. from Punkarama Three. So they were signed to Epitaph. Oh, there you go. I don't know that one off the top of my head. Punkarama Three. Which one? What what cover was that? Do you remember? The freak show one. I had that one. You must you must have skipped it. You hated it. I must have. What else was on that one? Three might be my favorite. I love three. Uh, Rotten Egg by Gas Huffers on there. Uh, Bad Seed by Wayne Kramer. No Equalizer Down by Law. Poison Steak by the Red Ants. We threw gasoline on the fire. Now we have some storms and no eyebrows, no effects. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's Girl Dwarves. Worlds on Heroin by All. Yeah. Say Anything by the Bouncing Souls. Telepathy Boy by Zeke. Delinquent Song Voodoo Glow Skulls. This one's fucking great. Ever, Ever Ready H2O. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, it is a good one. Gotta Go, Agnostic Front, Rats in the Hallway, Rancid, All Right by Oscar, You by Bad Religion, Wake Up by Pennywise, If by Pulley, Losing Must, Millen Colin, ADD, 10-Foot Pole, Ordinary Fight, Eigen's Die. Yeah, that's okay. That's the problem with Steel Toe Sneakers. It's in the midst of like a dozen better songs. Yeah, and it's like track fourteen of twenty four. So it's oh, like doesn't help anything either. It's, it's in the like middle, right in the middle. Yeah, in the middle of amazing songs that you just listed off that I can pick out off the top of my head. Three might be one of the best. That's a, there's a lot of good songs in this thing. Yeah. All right, so I guess we're done with our Punkarama three episode. So <laughs> let's now move into the our Stiff Little Fingers. Episode. Our Stiff Little Fingers episode. Well, Stiff Little Fingers are a punk rock band from Belfast, Northern Ireland. I told you I was going to take you back. Yeah, I think uh, you took me to a different part of Ireland. I did. I took you to Northern Ireland, where uh, walking on cars was just Ireland. Yeah, so I'd rather stay in Northern above, Ireland. I kind of had a feeling. There. I had a feeling yeah. they can stay. <laughs> they can stay walking on the cars down there. I'm going to keep my feet <laughs> on the road. Thank you very much. Oh, the band formed in 1977 at the height of "quote unquote" the Troubles, also known as the ethno-nationalist conflict in Northern Ireland. That lasted about 30 years from the late 60s to 1998. 
It's also known internationally as the Northern Ireland Conflict. The Troubles informed much of the band's songwriting and political lyrical content. They started out as a schoolboy band called Highway Star, named after the Deep Purple song. I'm guessing schoolboy is a genre that we don't have over here. I, I think they I think schoolboy is just like it was like high school band. Okay. Like is like what teenage, I think it is. Like yeah, I think it's band? just teenage band is what they meant. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, they played mostly rock covers until they discovered punk. They were the first punk band in Belfast to release a record. The suspect device single came out on their own independent label, Rigid Digits. Their album, Inflammable Material, which was released in partnership with Rough Trade Records, became the first independent LP to enter the UK Top 20. That's solid. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. So first independent record to to hit numbers in the UK. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Super crazy. Although, how much of that goes to the 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 like the mu- music scene was so predatory that anytime it seemed like anybody was going to get anything off the ground, somebody scooped them up? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that was the case. But it's also wild to think that in 1979, this came out. Oh, I yeah. I have a lot of notes about the sound that I'm hearing versus when this came out. Because you had told me this came out in 1979 before yeah. the episode. So I knew yeah. it was in 79. I wanted to drop a few hints <laughs> before uh, before you heard the record. <laughs> you definitely told me it was 79. Yeah. In February 79, Stiff Little Fingers released their first album on the rough trade label Inflammable Material. The band had signed a contract with Island Records, but it fell through, leaving the band to release the album independently. Despite the, al- despite the album's independent release, it reached number 14 in the UK albums charts and reached silver status selling over a hundred thousand copies. In addition to being the first independent album to chart in the UK, it was also the first album distributed by rough trade records. So not only was it the first independent record, it's the first record released by this record label and rough trade still around. I think I've purchased some pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I bought some of rough trade recently. Yeah. I think I did too. What would I buy though? Because they're 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 still based in London. It, it could have just been a repress because they they might like, repress yeah. things. List. Oh my god! I wanted to look at a list of rough trade artists, and I this isn't gonna help me. <laughs> There's just a ton. Well, first of all, I don't know most of these people. Yeah. Oh, well, I imagine most of them are gonna be European acts. Arcade Fire. They're on there. That's that's must have been it. <laughs> you did not order an Arcade Fire record. No, I sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> My Morning Jacket. I don't know anything about them. I see their records all over the place, and I i don't think I've ever listened to a single My Morning Jacket song. I always confuse them with, uh, here we go again, the dude from something corporate, Andrew McMahon. Uh, he has another band, Jack's Mannequin. Oh, I, okay. I don't know why, but My Morning Jacket and Jack's Mannequin are in my head as the same I mean, band. it's got roughly the same letters. That's probably it. <laughs> Inflammable Material is the only release to feature the four original band members from Stiff Little Fingers. Jake Burns on guitar and vocals. Henry Clooney, Clooney maybe, uh, on guitar. Allie McCordy on bass. And Brian Falloon on drums. The album was heavily influenced by the band's experience of growing up in Belfast during the Troubles. That should be a band name, The Troubles. I'm sure it is, but it's also weird that this war that was a brutal thing, it sounds yeah. so minimized by just calling it, um, you know, we had a little bit of the troubles right? for 40 years. Yeah, that's kind of true. I don't I don't like that. When I when I was writing it down, when I was looking up the notes, I was like, man, I hate calling it the troubles all the time, but they just keep calling it the troubles. Yeah, you know, we were at war with each other for 35, 40 years. We had a little trouble. Yeah, it was like trouble. we called it the civil fucking war. <laughs> they called it the troubles. Yeah, yeah, a little troubles. <laughs> Just a little troubles. Uh, Jake Burns has said everybody refers to it as the Irish record, but I always say to go and look at the tracks, and there's probably four out of thirteen that refer specifically to Northern Ireland. The rest of it is just disaffected teenagers kicking against the world. I can agree with that. I can see. I, I can like see that, that as a band from. name. Disaffected teenagers kicking against the world. It's a long band name. I know, but I like it. 
The album received critical acclaim in the music press. Paul Morley from NME said in 1979, Inflammable material is a crushing contemporary commentary, brutally inspired by blatant, bitter rebellion and frustration. He went on to say, Stiff Little Fingers are the best rock and roll band in my world. Also stating, even more than Never Mind the Bullocks, which turned out to be comedy, much more so than The Clash, which turned out to be quaint, as astonishing in, in, in its impact as The Ramones, Inflammable Material is the classic punk record. There are parts of Inflammable Material that are not just exciting or stimulating, but quite humbling. It is a remarkable document. I can't shake my head hard enough. I, I like this record more than I've liked any records I've listened to by any of those three bands. <laughs> well, that's what he's saying. It's better than any records by those three bands. That's what I mean. I can't shake my head hard enough. Like, it's yes. Agreed. 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 Gary Bushell of UK Weekly Pop Rock Music Newspaper Sounds also praised the album, declaring it a magnificent slice of vintage punk played fast and frantic and loaded with powerful lyrics and forceful hooks barked out with anger and conviction by the man with a permanent sore throat. Oh, that's just somebody who doesn't understand <laughs> vocal stylings yet. It's well, just not a, not a real that's thing also, yet. In 79, though. Yeah, wasn't a real so, thing yet. Yeah, that wasn't a real thing yet. So that that's the notes I have. Uh, a little bit of the reviews. Let's jump into what was going on in the rest of music <laughs> at the time. I may not know most of these. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun trip. Uh, so, Billboard Hot 100 for the week of February 2nd, 1979. Coming in at number five. Too Much Heaven by Bee Gees. I do love I do love the Brothers Gib. I can't lie. I am a fan of the Brothers Gib. Looking at this list and knowing that these came out at the same time as Inflammable Material is incredibly laughable to me. Well, that's because in the 70s here, we were having a great time. Everything was awesome. And then over there, yeah. they're having a bit of the troubles. <laughs> yeah, right. Coming in at number four, we have Olivia Newton-John with A Little More Love. She was on one of these recently. Or we, we came across Olivia Newton-John on something recently. I don't remember what it was, though. I don't she remember either. Up, she popped up recently because I mentioned Xanadu and didn't know when yeah. that came out. Right. Coming in at number three, we have Rod Stewart with Do You Think I'm Sexy? I do know that track, but Rod Stewart's one of those that's always just kind of been an outlier. Like, I, they're, they're, I've i never heard a lot, and I've kind of been interested, but he just he also has so many records. Yeah, he has a lot. He did a cover of Downtown Train. I worry that <laughs> I worry that if I would like try to listen to his discography, I'd have that situation where I I don't like most records in the '60s because it's just playing other people's music. It just I don't know. It's weird to me. I, right. I think I need to, a, a music lesson on like what the music scene and business was like in the '60s to understand it or maybe appreciate it because I don't give a shit you playing this this standard that i never cared about right. like it doesn't mean yeah. anything to me at all yeah and i feel like a lot of rod stewart's early records would be that sure i i, I don't know i've never listened to a full rod stewart uh not gonna I don't say even know i've never listened to a lot of rod stewart records i'm sure he has records in the 60s right i think it's more 70s because this yeah, is 79 sure. he might have some late 60s stuff but i think it's mostly 70s Early work and then Dimensions was 61 to 63. Oh, wow. So way later than I thought, actually. He's been active since 61. Wow. That's early as shit. Especially to be having like a big hit single in 79. Yeah. His first, his actual first studio record came out in 69. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing that he was playing standards and shit. You know what I mean? Like, I bet you that's yeah, in the early in the early, early 60s. But man, does he have a grip of records? Was he in a band? I feel like he was in a band before he. Thirty-two records. Holy hell! One came out twenty twenty-one. That's the last one that came out. Jesus. Oh yeah, he wasn't a band. Okay. Was it the oh, talk? No. Or... Okay. His first studio record came out in sixty-nine. His solo studio record. Okay. He was in groups in sixty-three. Jimmy Powell and the Five Dimensions. 64 to 65, the Hoochie Coochie Men. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 65 to 66, Steam Packet. Okay. 65, 66, also Soul Agents. 
right. 66, 67, Shotgun Express. Wow. 67, 69, the Jeff Beck Group. I know the Jeff Beck Group. And then 69, to, 69 to 75, he was in Faces. Faces, that's what I was thinking. But then 69, his... Well, I guess he was still in Faces when he was putting out his solo records because he has six solo records out in that same time that it says he's with Faces. Oh, wow. All right. I guess we got to do a Rod Stewart draft, right? <laughs> listen to all 32 of how right. actually, we would have to listen to all of his band's records, too, technically. Technically, we could. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of records. That's a lot. Well, coming <laughs> okay. in at number two, a song we all know and love, Village People's YMCA. It, it's true. It's true. It is a song we all love. I it can't is. get around it. At every wedding, at every graduation. At every, even any kind of party, at every roller rink, this song is played. Did you hate the village people because of their costumes? I didn't understand why they were doing costumes. I'm going to be honest. I still don't. I I just assumed it was fun. Yeah, I still don't understand it. Like, I didn't understand it then. And then I thought at some point, I was like, yeah, I'll understand at some point. Still looking back now. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I understand it, but it's whatever. It's fine. I'm pretty sure the the gentleman wearing the Native American costume was not Native American, though. Yeah, I don't I don't have all the required information on that, but I, th- <laughs> you, I think you're probably right. Coming in at number one, we have Chic with La Freak. Chic La Freak. Yeah. What is what was Chic known for? I feel like I know Chic from something. La Freak, it, I think. Is it La Freak? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I was thinking it. Okay, I know who Chic are now. Yeah, I have that record. Oh, there you go. When you said chic, I wasn't picturing this spelling. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's not on you. That's on me. I was I was picturing like S H E I K. Yeah. No, but not no. that kind of chic. <laughs> yeah, C H I C chic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I own this. I own this record actually. Which don't know. Oh no, it must have came with all those Motown records. It's probably out. yeah. So I got a couple more that are further down the list uh, that we might know and appreciate. Coming in at number seven, we have Blues Brothers with Soul Man. I mean, I know the Blues Brothers. I've never listened to a full Blues Brothers record. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Ooh, that was yeah. You didn't like it? I watched it when I was probably too young to enjoy it. Oh, okay. Like my dad loved it, so like he watched all the time. It was just boring to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I love that movie and the and the sequel, the Blues Brothers two thousand. I like that one too. I think that's a hot take. I think liking Blue Those 2000 is a hot take. Like you're not supposed to like it? I think it's very hated. Oh, is it really? I think so. Oh, shit. I love that movie. Well, here's another one coming in at number 19. We have Chicago with No Tell Lover. Now we're talking. What album there is that? There you go. 79. This would be their Chicago 7? Sure. I'm guessing. If I'm close, you owe me money. <laughs> Chicago 7 came out. Oh, no. I typed in Chicago 7. It's bringing up the Chicago 7. Oh, trial. the Chicago 7 trial. That's, yeah. That's not what I'm struggling with Google today. <laughs> All right. Chicago 7. Um, no, I'm off. Chicago 7 came out in 74. So it's probably Chicago 13. 79. Chicago 13. August 13, 79. Well, they charted at number 19 with their No Tell Lover single. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I can pull that song. I, I don't know it. Coming into number 29, because we can't have an episode without talking about her. Dolly Parton coming out with Baby, I'm Burning. I knew it was her and Madonna, and 79 felt early for Madonna. Yeah, it was Dolly. And I knew Mariah wasn't popping up, and I knew... <laughs> was was Mariah even popping out? If I Lincoln she Park, was born yet. <laughs> if Lincoln Park showed up in 79, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> well, uh, the number one album... For the week of February 2nd, 1979, Blues Brothers Briefcase Full of Blues. Maybe I'll rewatch the movies and make a judgment. Yeah. Okay. When I looked up the albums being released at this time, there is only like a handful. Like for the I mean, whole month. I mean, that's how music was though, right? Yeah. Like there, there wasn't a SoundCloud to put your no, record out yeah, on. Yeah, no, that's true. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to list off all of them. So here we go. Coming out February 5th, 1979. Bee Gees with Spirits Having Flown. Brothers Gibb. Yep. Out on the 19th, 
We have Split Ends with uh, a Z coming out with Frenzy. Not a clue what that is. Me neither. But Don't with think it I'm being to that later, though. Being spelt with a Z makes me curious. Coming out on the 20th, we have the self-titled record from George Harrison. I don't think I ever listened to it. I've listened to a few Harrison albums post-Beatles, but I don't recall the self-titled one. Coming out on the 21st, we have the Stranglers live excerpt. Just X-C-E-R-T. I don't know what that means, but... Like like concert? Like the Stranglers yeah. concert? Yeah. Coming out on the 23rd, we have the Skids with Scared to Dance. Don't know who the Skids are either. Nope. Coming out on the 26th, we have the Sex Pistols, the Great Rock and Roll Swindle. I believe that was a soundtrack to something they did or were doing or pass. On the 28th, we have Ricky Lee Jones with Ricky Lee Jones. Again, no idea. Nope. And then I have a few that don't have actual release dates, but they were released in February. The Allman Brothers Band with Enlightened Rogues. I don't think I've disliked the Allman Brothers Band. I think they... They're they're Southern rock, right? They're yeah, they're just Southern, southern rock. rock dudes. Yeah, I think they may be the most t- like talented musicians of those Southern rock rock groups. Like, am I out of okay. my am I out of my out of my element saying that? I don't think so, but I I don't have a personal opinion about Southern rock, really. Yeah, I mean, who are we gonna compare them to though? Like Skinnerd? I that's the only other one I could pull. I'm sure there's a lot more that we're. Thinking. I'm sure there's, there's a ton. Molly Hatchet Southern? Southern? Didn't we southern cover Molly Hatchet dude. recently? I think we did. We mentioned them at least. Yeah, we didn't do an episode on them, so no. yeah, don't don't think if you listen to this, you oh, there must be a Molly Hatch episode. There sure isn't. <laughs> no, there isn't. Maybe we'll maybe we'll draft their discography someday. Really, I think we just talked about their cover art, and that was it. Yeah, that's it. Because it was Frazetta, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we also have Tangerine Dream with Force Majeure. I I know maybe I know the name Tangerine Dream, or it, maybe I just know it because it's probably a sweet treat somewhere. <laughs> we have Judy Collins with Hard Times for Lovers. Don't think I know that. We have Street Heart with Under Heaven Over Hell. No. And then last but not least, one I've actually listened to and enjoyed, Crass with The Feeding of the 5,000. I know the name Crass. I've never listened to Crass. You know the name Crass because Anti-Flag put out the song, This Is Not a Crass Song. Yeah. Oh, but I thought Crass was a genre. No. Crass is a band. And if you listen to This Is Not a Crass Song... It sounds like a Crass song. Okay. Yeah, we I talked about that in our like anti-flag draft. We talked about that in our anti-flag draft, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I remember I thought that Crass was a genre. Yeah, no, it's a band. I still may have thought that. You you corrected me in the draft. And <laughs> I'll, be honest, I'll be honest with you. I It didn't change my head. Like, I still think Crass was a genre until this very second. So. Gotcha. Well, maybe I'll... listen to the feeding of the 5,000. No promises. Uh, so... Inflammable Material, released in February 2nd, 1979. It's 13 tracks, 41 minutes and 8 seconds. Brand, what did you think about the first song, Suspect Device? Suspect Device, I this is punk through and through. Like yes. when I when I think of punk rock and not like your punk aromas and not your hardcore punk, just gen, just down stripped down to what branched off into all the other punk that I enjoy and getting rid of the bands that I dislike, like the sex pistols. And (laughs) I I'll stop with the clash, even though I haven't listened to every clash record. So I can't say fully the clash. Um, I truly don't even care about a lot of Ramones. Like I like, I'll I'll take some songs here and there, but I don't really care about them either. So taking those three, which are considered like the big three, I this is what I want. This is what I anytime I ever listen to them. This is what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear what I'm hearing in this track and this band, the voice, the sound, the attitude, the vibe, all of it. It's all perfect. It's almost color by number punk. Whereas if this came out at a different time other than 1979, it would be like, who the fuck are they trying to be? Right. And that's the thing. Like these dudes, you said color by number. These dudes are the outline. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they're the ones yeah. drawing the pictures that, hey, you got a color here to do this. Yeah, you fucking follow this. <laughs> I mean, this track's excellent. And then aside from that, this may be the first time that sus was used for suspect, like, ever. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, though it right. is, like, sus it out, like, figure it out. But, like, sus, 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 suspect. 
Yeah. Sus is used all the time now as it's something. It's so crazy, suspect. right? Yeah. So to hear this, I was like, 79? 79? Right. <laughs> yeah. They're dealing with the troubles and they're coming yeah. out with this new slang that's hitting now. <laughs> no, I really liked the song. Great opener. Excellent opener. Yeah. It, w- it was the first single uh, released March 17th, 1978. Yeah. That's wild. 78. St. Patty's Day, 78. St. Patty's Day. Going through the troubles. You still got to put one out for the old saint. You know it. <laughs> Second track is State of Emergency. Yep. State of Emergency. These vocals are incredible. I love Jake Burns. I love these vocals. It's exactly what I want. It it just it it makes me wonder if the Clash, the Sex Pistols. He was kind of too whiny for me. I didn't really like how whiny he was a lot. Johnny Rotten never ever ever did it for me, and it really drives me crazy that everybody like thinks as like the seminal punk rock record, and it's just like it wasn't even that good. <laughs> And they were on six different major labels because they signed to major labels and got dropped. It was just everything around them. Like the like, fact I, that they were yeah. on drugs 24 seven. The fact that like they genuinely didn't give a shit about anything is what got them to be what they are. I think. Yeah, I just and, and maybe the accent that they had made him sound whinier because maybe. like this doesn't sound whiny. And but right. I also I don't hear Irish in it. I hear like English. I hear an English accent. Well, Northern Ireland is a British provenance. Okay, I guess that would make sense then. And yeah, the 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 accents sound different even still today when you're there. That that'd be crazy. Yeah, it was it was weird. We when we went, we started our week off uh in Northern Ireland. I mean, we we flew into Dublin but drove up to Northern Ireland for my sister's wedding. And you went up um, there to try to start the troubles again? No, I was not trying to be part of any troubles. <laughs> but we started our we started our vacation off up there in Northern Ireland, and then we drove basically the entire country. And yeah, the accents sound different between. I'm, I'm not going to say on either side of the line, but <laughs> yes, yes. But you you can tell a difference. It's just Ireland is as big as my state. That's all. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's really wild. I, I saw a video a while ago where people were, I think it was in England, actually. They were trying to explain, like, it was a, it was an American exchange student in England. Mm-hmm. And it was like, people here don't understand how big America actually is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, that's That was the crazy thing. Like, you, we think our country, right? Yeah. But then... We, when we were getting prepared for Ireland, we were talking about all these places we wanted to hit. And we were like, there's no way we're going to hit this stuff in a week. And then I looked at like the square acreage of Michigan compared to Ireland. It's about the fucking exact same. <laughs> yes. I was like, there's no way <laughs> this entire yeah. country can fit in the glove. In the glove. We, okay. In the mitten. In the mitten. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. State of emergency. Uh, okay. This one, it's a bit broader with the sound. It's not as a straight, it's not as straightforward a punk track as the first one was. Sure. It's still very punk. And there's a little like wobbly riff in here that mm-hmm. sounds like it's not even played properly, but it, it's a perfect match for the yeah. song. Like it, it fits I, and works perfectly with all of it. I love how there feels like there might be mistakes in each of these songs, but yeah. they just make it sound better. Yeah. It, it yeah. makes it, it adds to the attitude that they're going for. Like right, even for if sure. like, Oh, was that a mess up? Oh, they don't give a shit. Yeah. What does it matter? Exactly. And uh, uh, this song, I love it when he's like a two, three, four. And then it like switches up tempo kind of. I love that. Next track we have here. We are nowhere. Yep. Less than a minute on this thing. Yeah. Less bro. than a minute in 1979, less than a minute punk track. I thought that was something that developed in like third wave punk when they were like, this is what punk is. 20 second songs. No, man, I'm trying. I'm serving this up on a silver platter for you. Yeah, this thing's a ripper. This is yeah. less, I, don't, I don't have much to say about it because it is less than a minute. It's, yeah, it's like 46 seconds or something yeah, like it's that. A, it's a ripper, though. Quick, yeah. quick, fast ripper fan of it. Gotta love it. Next track, Wasted Life. Yeah, it's such a good track. I feel like I've known it my whole life. Like, I yeah. feel like this song has existed. Like when I hear it, it's so good. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I, I've definitely heard this before. I know this song. This was the B-side to uh, Suspect Device, to the single. That 100% checks out. Yeah. Wow, that's a great one, too. Right? 
because this, this one is it's excellent it's excellently written and performed yeah I'm, I'm really feeling this album up to this point so far like this this song is a 10 out of 10 it's it's a great track i love awesome. this track next up no more of that the singing style and tone on this shifts a little bit from the previous a little ones. bit yeah and it actually gives me like distillers brody dale vibes and oh, i know okay. obviously this being coming out in 79 and you know maybe it is an influence on the distillers and brody dale herself but right i, I definitely got a vibe of this is super quick super fun but those vibes also i, I i'm a big distillers fan so it was kind of one of those like great I've never listened to a Distillers record. I think we've talked about it before. I know. I'm still trying to wear you down on that one. I'm still trying to wear you down until we can. I don't want to bring it that you hate her because of the whole. I'm still on Tim's side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now she's married <laughs> to the dude from Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Or they might have got divorced. Well, too. I was going to say, are they still? I think they might I feel have like got I just heard about him dating somebody else recently. Yeah, they might have got, they, they may have got divorced again, I believe. Yeah. But they have kids, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Well, her and Tim do too, right? Do they? I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. She's just creating a super group. Yeah. <laughs> Between her and then the lead singer, Queens of Stone Age, and then Tim Armstrong. It's super. Oh, cool. man. That genetic gene pool is, uh, that gene pool is crazy. Next up, we have Barbed Wire Love. Yes, we do. Super fast punk songs are great. Yeah. Regular length punk songs are great. Yeah. And then they throw me this doo-wop poodle skirt. <laughs> punk love yes. song and yes. it's a masterpiece i fucking love it so much this shit is incredible like yeah. i didn't understand that you could do this this yeah. is something, like i thought i knew basically all the parameters of music like you you don't you don't expect when you listen to a punk album you don't expect a doo-wop poodle skirt situation to happen right and yeah. then you don't expect it to work right it's definitely and a it, malt shop vibe for this thing like, they I can, feel like the Archies were listening to this. <laughs> they had to have been. Yeah. Had to have been. <laughs> and then they can write songs in any length and be true to the length while also making the songs great. It's really, really wild how skilled they are Yeah, when they can make a 40-second tw- a song and then this longer song yeah. with a doo-wop situation in it. Yeah. I, I love that switch up where it goes into the... All you give me is barbed wire love. Yeah, it's insane. I was like, for real, this is like the four tops should be singing this damn thing. But it's about like love across the lines. Like, yeah, like falling in love at a bomb site, falling in love at bomb site, not first yeah. sight at bomb site. I, fucking, I love it so much, dude. And then take all that and add a clapping section on. Why not? Oh, like, yes. Let's just, let's just add a clapping thing. section. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Cherry on top. It worked. Yeah. This is, on paper, if you would have if you would have brought me on paper written down what this track was, I'd have said there's yeah. not a chance that shit works. There's right. not a chance that a punk band from Northern Ireland in 1979 did a longer style punk song that had big band swing situation going on in it. <laughs> For sure. I'd say nah. I'm not. I don't even want to listen to it. But yeah, it, it's a it's a masterpiece. It all yeah. it is. It's unreal how good that track is. I, I don't understand it, and I love it so yeah, much. So good. Next track is White Noise. Yep, it is. Much like other records that we've had that have had a song be that good, yeah. The track that follows it up always is in the in its shadow, and it kind of right. hampers a little bit. That's the situation here. I don't think there's anything wrong with this track. But coming after Barbed Wire Love, it, it's just in the shadow. For it me. is quite possibly the most offensive, non-racist song I've ever heard. <laughs> like, he, if you don't take it for the snarky, sarcastic, punk rock, anti-racist song that it actually is. Like, if you go by the lyrics of it, it could yeah. be incredibly offensive. But take into account the times that they're in what they're going through as far as Britain being as racist as America and going through different of the troubles. <laughs> this, this song is, it's really well done, but the first couple times I heard it, especially while looking at the lyrics, I was like, I forgot how offensive it was when I gave it to you. 
I think being in it in the shadow of Barbar Love saved it just for that aspect because I was already on a cooldown. Yeah. And then I was also because you presented this to me as Northern Ireland. Like yeah. I knew that there was going to be some type of war situation involved. And yeah. I, I was like, okay, it's a war song. Like I kind of just took it as it, it's, you know, somebody being incredibly upset about the war. Understandably. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It did. It, it did. I think it's, it's almost complimentary to barbed wire love. Like it's mm. kind of the, the yin and the yang with barbed wire love. And yeah. it did, it caught me off guard like the first couple times. Yeah. But then after that, I was just like, all right. I mean, it's not going to be my favorite song. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, almost in the way of like, I'm trying to think of other big time, like anti-war songs or even playing on war that they're very good. But I mean, okay, let's even say like, give peace a chance. Like P- give peace a chance is a great song, but I can't sit down and say like, yeah, that's my favorite song. I'm going to listen to this over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next track. We can move on from that. Yep. <laughs> on to breakout. Breakout. This has more of the classic punk feel to me. Like this one is seems much more closer to the Clash than the more raw sounding that we've gotten up till now. Okay. So this one, I, I was a little worried about. I was like, don't, mm. don't just do the rest of this album, this please. Like I didn't want right. this. I, I go back to your grunting <laughs> and your 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 sore throat, as that one reporter called it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's very catchy though, and before the end, it grabs me. So, like, I was yeah, anti at the beginning. Up. Yeah, of course, I end. Yeah, very catchy though. Very catchy. Next up, we have Law and Order. Yep, a punk song called Law and Order. It's exactly as expected, and it it does it's done well. I enjoyed it. Like when you, <laughs> when you hear if you if a punk band is playing a song Law and Order, you kind of can figure out what's going to happen almost. Yeah, you, you kind of know what's coming at you. Yeah, and I, I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Rough Trade. Yep. It astonishes me when this album came out. This one is one that really shone through that because this one sounds so modern. This one sounds so even like mid 90s. I could hear this song coming out like all those bands in the mid 90s putting out just their punk albums. It's like this could have just seamlessly been thrown right in there. And yes, that's probably some of their them influencing it. Yeah. But at the same time they had nobody really to influence this and they did this. So it's right. pretty wild that this came out in 79. Yeah. Next up, Johnny was. Yep. I think it's the longest track on the record. Oh, it's long. Yep. I know it is. It's eight minutes or so, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's really weird and interesting that stiff little fingers would get up and leave the studio mm-hmm. and then let this band come in to the studio to record this song for their album. This, this kind of cover slash tribute band called punk Floyd. Punk Floyd. <laughs> Cause <Okay>. that's, <laughs> that's all I get out of this. It sounds like a, like pink Floyd playing a punk track. I, I it, it didn't do much for me. Truthfully though, they've earned enough good favor with me that this one is not a knock against the album. Like okay. I've liked, I've liked so much up until this point. I will not hold this track against them, uh, and I do get to grooving a little bit after probably about four or five minutes. Sure, but as you know me, I, know. I would not give a track that long most times to yeah. get me. Now uh, this track, I, I'll let it slide. This track is actually a cover of a Bob Marley song. That's crazy. Did see yeah. that? They they Punk switched Floyd. up. They switched up some of the lyrics to make it more. Change it to suit Ireland. Okay. But yeah, this, this was a Bob Marley track. I, I was nowhere near that thought. The only thing I kept thinking of, um, have you listened to other addicts records since we covered the addicts? Not yet. They, well, I don't know. Was, was Johnny was a soldier on smart mm-hmm. Alex or no? Yeah. Okay. Cause that's what I thought of basically the whole time is Johnny was a soldier. He got knots anymore. Whoa. I fucking no, love uh, that. Sound track. of music. Wasn't, wasn't the record sound of music. That's what I meant. I meant sound yeah. of music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, but yeah, I thought of that the whole time I was listening to that. So I, I thought it might've just been some British thing. Cause I knew they were in that area. Yeah. No, this was a but Bob Marley I had, track. I had no Bob Marley anywhere near. Yeah. No, didn't see that coming, but I, it's also goes to show though how similar punk and reggae are. It's crazy right? that I, <clears throat> it makes me like this song so much more. 
I, I don't even know if I ever put it together. And I used to listen to mad Bob Marley and reggae yeah. and punk, but I never put it together until I got like the Hellcat records compilations. Oh yeah. Because they were actually signing like new reggae like, acts. Yep. So like there were reggae acts and punk acts on this compilation and you could seamlessly go from one to the other and be like, wow, that works. Yeah, for sure. Next up, we have alternative Ulster. Yep. I know this song. Yes. I'm familiar with this song. I knew it from skate Two. Okay. Upon finding where I knew, because I knew I knew it from a video game. Okay, and then yeah, I yeah. found it was on Skate 2. And then while I was looking at that, I saw that I actually knew Suspect Device as well, mm-hmm. because it was in the first Tony Hawk Underground. Yes, it was. So I was I was familiar with both of those <laughs> tracks, although this is the first one that popped it. Like, Suspect Device didn't really register didn't as I know that. this yeah. until after, yeah. but Alternative Ulster, Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I thought it was like Alternative All-Star for a while. Probably. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I probably thought it was Alternative All-Star while I was playing Skate 2. Right. Um, I, but I, it's a great track. It's fantastic. Alternative All-Star is the second single. It was actually recorded for a flexi disc included in a Northern Irish fanzine called Alternative All-Star. Wow. Imagine getting your hands on that. I know, right? <laughs> Flexi discs alone are rough to find, let alone yeah, the one with the zine. For sure. They wanted to, uh, Alternative Ulster, the magazine, the zine, wanted to put um, Suspect Device in it. Okay. But it had already been released as a single, so the band wrote Alternative Ulster. Well, the fact that they just wrote it on a whim and it sounded that good and Isn't it made that the record, that's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. It's good shit. And then we have the closer, Closed Groove. Yep. Almost lost all my good favor with this one. 100%. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird closer. I don't know why it's even on the record. It sounds completely different from any other song on this record. Yeah. I'll accept it and move on because yeah. they've earned enough good favor for the rest of this record that I, I can give them a couple of a couple of just bomb jobs on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't fuck with this one at all. Like, like, it, I, it didn't do anything recorded differently the vocals sound wildly different it like doesn't even sound punk it could play into that you remember that theory i told you about i used to have when i was a kid where the last track on a record is like showing what their next record is going to sound like yeah like that this could play into that theory like their next record could sound like this now might be what it sounds like i don't know what any of their other records sound like that's weird why this is the only stiff little fingers record that i've ever heard (laughs) <laughs> why you just never wanted I, to I, I just never ventured further i mean it's your prerogative but it, you think if you if some of these are so good that you would think you would go and search yeah out. but closing it up with closed groove just so maybe there's a bit out. of you maybe there was a bit of you that believed in that theory too and you were like oh this is what they're turning into i don't Quite hear possibly that. yeah but that that song is like man why did you do that to this record it's a it's a bummer, but again, th- there's two bomb two bombers on this for me, and I, I I can't hold them against this album because whatever I like the rest so much that I can I won't hold those two against this record. I really personally love Johnny Was. I think it fits well. I think they do a great job covering it. But there's no excuse for closed groove. <laughs> you can't find anything. Like I can, no, there's nothing about it that makes it okay to be on this record. Yeah, I, I, it makes me want to go listen to another Stiff Little Fingers records now to see if they sound like that. The the only thing that could have saved Closed Groove for me is if on the vinyl it was actually a Closed Groove and it just kept doing that phone ringing thing at the end. <laughs> but it's not. It just fades out like it does on the digital. I thought about that. I thought about like, is do you think there's a Closed Groove on the vinyl for this? And then it went on too long. I was like, this whole song can't be on the Closed Groove. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah. No, I own it. It doesn't it doesn't just keep going. It just it stops. That's the biggest bummer. It's a it's a bad closer. I don't understand why it's on here. It's weird, but there had to be an idea. Maybe it's just maybe there's something about the mentality in 1979 of putting a record out that they this sounded this seemed like the best decision. I don't know why it was. It's a terrible decision. So uh, you should give us a bookend test then from suspect device to close groove. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> if if the only two songs I heard of this record were Suspect Device and Closed Groove, I don't even know what I would feel. Because 
Suspect Device, uh, spoiler, it's my number one song. I love Suspect Device so much. And Closed Groove is quite possibly the worst song I've ever heard. Almost ever. That's that's uh, that's a bit much. I, but I don't no, think it's I can ter- go that far. That's pretty it's heavy. Terrible. It is yes. so terrible. I actually didn't even have terrible. I just had it's weird. Like it, it I, didn't. I don't like it, dude. It didn't even. Like it. it didn't even do anything to me as far as saying I hate it. I just thought it was weird and it's just so along. disappointing. It's so disappointing. I mean, you know, you can you know you can turn it off before this song comes on, right? Like, I mean, right, it sounds but, to me, it sounds to me like every single time you listen to this record, it ruins your experience. Where all you have to do is stop it, what two minutes earlier, and then yeah. you have a good time. I know. I'm just like for the podcast because we have to listen <laughs> to everything and talk about every song. I had to listen to it every time, and I I can't explain how disappointed I was. You need to go to the garage, get yeah. your little um, what's the thing you use when you work on a lathe? <laughs> oh, well, that would my, work. But yeah. when you use a lathe, is it is it, is it a chisel? Is it still called a chisel? chisel yeah. has the, you need yeah. to get your chisel out and just scrape off that last like two two three grooves of that vinyl, so you can never hear it again. You've got me thinking about it. You should do it. Yeah, I'm not doing it. Listen, even if it's just for science, like we should just yeah, do it to see right. if it works, just to see what happens. And then once you do it, play it and see if it destroys your needle. I was going to say wreck know. my needle completely. Yeah. Then let me know if that works, because that's that's just what I need to know for science. I need to yeah. know if it's going to wreck your, your needle or not. Uh, that won't be happening. You just don't care about the show as much as I do, I guess. You're right. I don't have a chisel, <laughs> or I would do it. Sure. You, I got sure plenty of records. I got plenty of records I could do it, too. <laughs> Maybe if I had another pressing of, of this record. All right. So my top three. You already said yeah. your number one is Suspect Device. I did. I will throw Suspect Device at... No, I won't. I'll put that at my four. That would be my four. Okay. So my three is Alternative Ulster. I All really right. liked Alternative Ulster, and knowing it before helped it a lot. Sure. My number two is Wasted Life. I just thought it was an excellent written and performed track through and through. It's it's a, it's almost a masterpiece. But yeah. my number one is the masterpiece, Barbed Wire Barbed Love. Barbed Wire Love, nice. What if I just said my number one's White Noise because of the N-word? Like, no, what if I just don't do that. My number one, White Noise, because they use the N-word a bunch, and I like that. They used okay. it once. They used it once. I can't. Now I have to delete that all because if somebody <laughs> yeah, would take out me saying that. I like the N-word, yeah. then that would be a big situation. Yeah. So, no, Barbed Wire Love is my number one song. It is honestly a masterpiece. And yeah, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a 10 out of 10 track. It can't be perfect. It can't be improved. Uh, I have timing wise, you might be able to take a little bit off it, but I don't even know where. No, but it's, it's don't great. even take anything off of it. I have number uh, my number four is Wasted Life. Breakout is my number three. Okay. Barbed Wire Love is my number two, and Suspect Device is my number one. Man, I'm, I'm glad we agree on Barbed Wire Love because I honestly I was it, worried. It blew my mind. I should have been was, anti. I, yeah. Everything was, on paper says that I should hate that. I know. I was worried, but I thought maybe if I snuck it in there in the middle of everything, you Did. would like it. <laughs> I tell you what didn't get past me though. Close groove. God. It sure didn't it sure didn't sneak by. And Johnny was Johnny now that I know Johnny was is kind of a cover, I might re-listen to it and give it another go. But yeah. Because it is a vibe switch up for for the album a little bit. Yeah, it is a little bit. And the time is it's too long. But I love it. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I like this record a lot. Good. So Brand, stiff little fingers and flammable material. Thrown, own, phone, or grown. As always with these, it's just going to depend on where we put the parameters of it. Yeah. 79, you could argue, is a bit late for, even though it is kind of first wave punk, you could kind of argue that, like, Sex Pistols' first album is, what, 76? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so like three years, it's kind of hard to call it. If, if we're going to put in those parameters, though, I will take this as a throne, like first wave punk record because nice. I love this record. But it, it's it's an own without a doubt. But if you if you allow me the parameters to sure. put this on top of Sex Pistols and the Clash and the Ramones to a lesser extent, I don't I don't dislike the Ramones. I just, there's I also just don't have a huge place in my heart for the Ramones. Other than that one riff that we've all played 4,000 times on a guitar. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, Blitz Craig Bob is a classic riff. Yeah, it is. And then that means every riff they do is classic because it's the same. Um, <laughs> but, 
But yeah, if, if we can put this in the parameters of first wave punk, this is without a doubt a throne That's first wave punk awesome. record because it is. I up until this record, I had basically confined myself to thinking I just don't like first wave punk. I like right. what it influenced, but I don't like first wave punk. Yeah, and then this kind of saved it. Like this is this is the. This is the Led Zeppelin versus Black Sabbath argument. Like, oh, like one of them to me is far superior that I would rather listen to. Right. But other people argue that a different one is way yeah. better. And I think superior. you and I are on the same page when it comes to sex pistols, at least. Yeah, at least the sex pistols. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the attitude was there. Like, I can, I can one hundred percent appreciate the attitude, and I don't think without Sex Pistols' attitude, we would get punk as it is. Yeah, but music-wise, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like how I talked about Kiss. It's kind of how I talk about uh, the band Ghost. Like, what they're doing isn't matching what they look their like in their attitude. Yeah, it just it doesn't work. For yeah. me, at least, I it know it works for, for a lot either. of other people. Yeah, no, I'm not a. I'm, I'm much prefer this record over Nevermind the Bullocks. You mean the greatest punk record of all time, according to many people? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that doesn't even make my list. All right, Scott, but this isn't all you were listening to this week. No, it's not. So, what is your record of the week? My record of the week is the Midnight Demon Club by Highly Suspect. I have no idea what that even is. You've never listened to Highly Suspect. I don't know if I've ever even heard the name. They might go on the list for you. They um they're different. I want to <laughs> yeah. I would put them in the rock genre, but not the way you think rock is. Okay. I only say rock because I don't know the subgenre they would be classified as. I put them in the rock genre because they play guitars. <laughs> this is their fourth record and I got really worried about the band with their third record. I really didn't like their third record, MCID. Um, but this one came out a couple months ago, and it really harkens back to their first two records that I really, really loved. So, yeah, I, re- I really enjoy it, and I might put them on the list for you. They're they're pretty good. I, I like them a lot. Solid. I've yeah. yeah, I've never heard of them in my life. So <laughs> yeah, put them on the list. Yeah, uh, they're they're not old. I mean, they're like the last five years, six years, maybe. They're definitely a 2010s type band, I think. So they'd be one of the newer records we do. But I think they're, they might be worth it. My bad. I just got it in my head because I had nothing to give you. So I was just like panicking, trying to oh, figure shit. out what <laughs> I'm going to give you. And I, I still don't know. But I have I have an idea. I'm, we might play a game. Okay. Well, my... <laughs> Your record of the week. My record of the week is I listened to the first half of Chelsea Grin's new double album they're putting out. I've only listened to the first half of Chelsea Grin's double album, <laughs> Suffer in Hell, Suffer in Heaven. The first half, Suffer in Hell. The second half is Suffer in Heaven. And even though it's a double LP, even though it's a double album, they released them separately. So I'm going to take them as two separate records, but okay. like together. Sure. And I, I enjoyed it a lot you heard one of the tracks you heard the one that features trevor yes. uh trevor strain at and yeah. the video when they all kneel during his part is insane who wrecked me it even wrecked. listening to the track and not having that visual but like knowing that that visual happened yeah it still got me when I was, I was listening to it yesterday i was like wow this is yeah this is something yeah. it when you told me about it and i said i was gonna watch it and listen to it i knew to expect something mm-hmm uh, but when Trevor comes on with the vocals and they do cut scenes of the entire band just kneeling head bowed while Trevor's vocals are going off, yeah, it it does something to me. And, sure. and Trevor's vocals have always been like uber powerful and scene stealing to begin with. Yeah. So when they're like bowing to it, it seems almost godly, it, and it's exactly. like, wow, this is yeah. this is something. Yeah, it uh, it did something to me for sure. But Chelsea Grant have been a band that I've followed forever, but their their last couple albums were a little softer than what I wanted to. They kind of went oh, down okay. a different route for a while. Sure. And if I'm being honest, listening to this one, it there's a part of me that is like, and it's not just them. They're not the only ones guilty of it. There's a few other bands now that 
they got softer over the years and now they're coming out with these super heavy, hard hitting records. And I'm like, how many of these people see that the success of your Lorna Shores with your Will Ramos. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is hitting right now. They're trying to go back to the old ways then. And don't get me wrong. Like, I want it to happen. But then there's another part of me that's like, is this really what you want to do, though? Sure. So there's there's that argument I have with myself, but it'll it'll be suffer in hell by Chelsea Grin. Maybe well, next week it'll be suffer in heaven. We'll see. <laughs> Who get, knows? We'll get see ready for the next Whitechapel record. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're comfortable with where they're at. I don't yeah. think they're going to get heavier again. I mean, y- you know for sure they're not going to go back to that first sound. No, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Although we still do have one other record by them to cover at some point. I, I'd be comfortable with them going back to the Valley. I really love that record. I'll tell you what I don't want. Anything else they're putting out that sounded like that last record. Ken, yeah. I, I grew to like Ken better than I thought I would. So I guess all that's left is for me yeah. to tell you what we're listening to next week. Yeah, what do I get next week? Uh, well, we're going to play a game. Oh, I like games. I'm going to give you three years. Three years. And whatever year you choose will get be a record the, from that year. The records from that year. Oh man. So and they're they're all gonna be in this like this little pocket here. So we okay. have we have either nineteen ninety seven. Ooh. We have two thousand and one. Okay. Or we have two thousand and three. Oh man. Those are the three choices that you got. You know me. I'm a big fan of the nineties. Because I grew yes. up in them. Yes, you are. That was like, I was born in the 80s, but I became myself in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take the 97, the 97 record. Let's see what we got. I'm actually excited about that because that is the record that I was thinking of giving you. But okay. for some reason, I didn't pull the trigger on it. And I wanted to make it a game because <laughs> sure. I don't know. I like games. I like games. But too. we've talked about this. We've talked about this album before. We've talked about coming into this thing. Oh, you man. have heard a record featuring this gentleman, okay. but in a different band. We're doing the 1997 self-titled album by Cole Chamber. Oh, okay. We so have talked their, about this. It is their debut record in '97. Right. So we're going back to we're going back to new metal. 90s. Oh, it is. It is clearly new metal. Yeah, there's not. There's no way around it for this one. There's no sure. way saying, "Well, is this new metal?" This is new metal through and through, and I can't wait to talk about it because. In my eyes, Cold Chamber yeah. are so forgotten about in new metal. Like nobody gives a damn. And it yeah, bothers me. We we've talked about it before. The only thing I know about Cold Chamber is the friggin' ice cream man video. That was it. And th- that's the cover of this record. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. I don't think it's super long. So Cold Cold Chamber, self-titled. I'm excited. It was the one I was thinking about bringing you. Yeah. But I needed to make it your choice, I think. I think it I, helps me a lot if you choose them. Right. I'm a fan <laughs> of that. We've done that before. Like I, yes. uh, I, I told you to bring me the grunge record. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that didn't go too bad. You like Which the album was record? Silver Chair? Yeah, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate yeah. it. And then I found out they were Australian and kids. Made and it a kids. Different. And then you liked it a little bit better. And then I think I I think we talked about there there is a later Silver Chair single that I really liked right like towards two thousand ish yes. I think there was something yeah. they did yeah but that's that's a record that I'm gonna bring you eventually as well yeah because I I got I three records from that band that sound completely and wildly different from each other I appreciate that and yeah. I'm I'm fine bringing you three records that sound the same from any band so <laughs> right by all means by all means bring me ones that sound different because I. I, I don't care. I'll, yeah. I'll talk about the same sound for 10 episodes if I wanted to. I don't right. Shit. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is our podcast. That's I choose right. what I want to I choose what I want to do. You choose 100%. You that you, we right. choose our parameters. We choose what we want to talk about. We I cheat on top threes all the time. <laughs> Every time. Every, Every time. time. Yeah. But I even though this I don't is care. Even though this is our podcast, it's also your podcast listeners. So send us an email at areyoulistening.podachimon.com with suggestions about drafts we should do with albums you might want us to do. Yeah. Maybe we can do one that we both haven't heard again. We'll I'm going to make it a point to uh, to bring some of those out. Yeah. But send us an email at areyoulistening.podachimon.com. Twitter is at AWLPod. Instagram is at AWLPod. Uh, Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Join that. 
enjoy. Scott, thank you for the episode. Thank you for the album. Really enjoyed this. I'm so I'm glad. Have to go, I'm going to go search this thing down on vinyl, I think. Or maybe eh. I feel like I would never see this in the wild. So I probably do have to go search it down. I found it in the wild when I when I got my copy. But you that was, live in a city. That was also shit. You live in a city, Scott. I live in a coal miner country. Yeah, that was 20 years ago, probably, that I picked up that record. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, dude. I was 12. <laughs> that's so wild to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <But laughs> thank you. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for, thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the podcast, Scott. Thank you, brother. Love you so much. Love you, too. Listeners, thank you for listening. And really, are you listening? Are you listening? A two, three, four. I am a fan of the Brothers Gib. Yeah, you know, we were at war with each other for 35, 40 years. We had a little troubles. It was a little troubles. Everything was all right. I cheat on top threes all the time. <laughs>